Hey, son, how are you tonight? I'm here, Dad. How are you, Josh? I'm I'm doing well. Sorry about this latest episode of the podcast is up today, but um, I'm doing good. Just busy and tired. How are you doing today, Papa? I'm doing fine. Still dealing with a crooked face, walking a crooked mile. But I've got a wonderful God who loves me. Sent his son to die for me. Put my faith in him. Looking forward to our time together in, in this matter of scriptures. Thank you so much. I understand that we're going to be looking at uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 tonight. Thank you for that. As I said before, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And uh, uh, my mind uh, would revert even farther back than that. Jesus uh, has been taken from Gethsemane. He's been put on trial. Peter has uh, denied him more than once. And uh, then Jesus is crucified. He's buried. Three days later, he is resurrected by God. And then he comes before all uh, his uh, disciples at that time. And then, oh, seen by them and others for the next uh, 40 days or so. And then goes out. And I think Luke records it as well. Well, Luke is a recorder here in the book of Acts as well, where they go out and he is ascends to heaven. And then uh, these uh, men who were there gazing up, two, two men appeared and told them that they should, uh, that this same Jesus that they saw would come again in like matter. Jesus had earlier told them before he ascended that they should uh, wait in Jerusalem for the promise that the Father had uh, given. And so he was then, we go to Acts 2, that promise comes on the day of Pentecost, and Peter is emboldened with a tremendous message. And at the end of that, there's thousands who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And then the last verse in chapter 2 says that they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. So we've got maybe two months or so into a story here when we get into chapter three of the book of Acts. And uh, those uh, verses, if you don't mind, I'll try to read it. My eye, let me see if it'll let me see it. Is that okay? Absolutely. From the King James. And he said, now Peter and John went up together into the temple. Uh, let, me get a, let me get a pair of glasses. Excuse me just a minute. Uh, in temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him 
walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which happened, which had happened to him. And it's just a, an amazing thing. I, I think of all, I think of all, I think of Peter, John, I think of the man who is unnamed, but uh, had a serious problem. And uh, how that that problem that he had was not his fault. It was unfortunate that he had a condition like that. But uh, the problem I have, the problem we have, problem people might be listening, whether they're relatives or friends or others, that they had was a sin problem. It's unfortunate that we had that kind of a problem. I We didn't have anything to do with it, but we... Uh, we become victims of it because of the, the in the beginning Adam and Eve and the things that was chosen by them and so that has passed upon all of us and so this man was crippled he from his mother's womb but look at the people I think I think of Peter who less than two months earlier was denying the Lord cursing the Lord or cursing not the Lord, but cursing uh, when asked about his uh, relationship to the Lord. And and now then, just after being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, uh, how that this amazing event took place. And of course, it, Peter, later on in uh, chapter 4, Peter says, why why you look on us like this is something that we did. We didn't do this. God did this. And uh, someone else has said, I was listening to a message on these uh, verses, and he was said, this man was 40 years of age. Think about that. He's above 40, I think is what the King James says. And so 40 years plus, maybe. How many times? This is only speculation. There's no record anywhere of it. But I'm sure it did happen. How many times had Jesus, because the man is brought there every day, how many times did Jesus pass by? And he saw this same beggar. And yet, there was no healing at that time. And so, uh, uh, some encouraging thing of that is, uh, how many times? We've all done this, maybe. I know I have. I can't speak for everybody, but I've done this. You leave in the parking lot of a Walmart somewhere, and somebody's standing on the corner holding a sign, we'll work for food. And you know there's you're, you're in a line of cars hoping that the light's not going to change and catch you right beside him where you'd have to look because you don't know whether they have a partner on another corner and they're working to police the public. You just don't know. But you really want to help people. But if you ever make eye contact, <laughs> you, you know, you, you feel like, or the person who's looking at you, they're certainly trying to wait for you to make eye contact. And they're going to think, well, I'm fixing to get some help here. Did Jesus ever make eye contact with this man? If he had, was the man expecting something from him? Had this cripple heard that Jesus had opened the eyes of the blind. He had caused others to walk. Uh, could there be some, an element of hope that this same person who's done something for others could do something now for me? And so 
uh, we don't know. We don't know. But I don't know that there was any words said from Jesus to this particular person. But it is recorded here that he was brought to this this gate daily in those times. And so uh, I don't know. Could could there be? I, I don't know. Could it somehow he gathered that maybe not now but later someday my healing will come i don't know we just don't know about those kind of things but for every believer who's listening uh we we are faced with all kind of problems in this life that range from disease to financial ruin to family issues but for every believer there's going to be healing I believe in healing for every believer, and it, but it may it may not come until the very end of life. It may not come until we leave this world. I've had people in my family. You've had people in yours, perhaps. That uh, I think of an aunt in particular who had polio when she was three years of age and left impaired the rest of her life. And uh, but the day, the very day that she drew her final breath, my sister and I was there with her. And we looked across the bed, and we both, we both said, well, finally, she's got her healing. She has gone to a better place. We even had the uh, staff there from the nursing home that she was in to come into the room. And just out of shock and surprise, it seemed on their part, looked at me and my sister and said, are y'all okay? And we said, sure, we're all right. Why? Well, your relative had just passed away. And. They said, yeah, but we know who where she had her faith. We know where she's gone. And so for that, we take we rejoice in the fact. And so there was a wonderful, beautiful story that takes place here. This man was maybe not even prepared that day. He he he, he couldn't help himself. And I couldn't help myself as a sinner, but God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And each one who will put their faith and trust in what he did at Calvary uh, can know for sure that there's healing coming. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. And I just, I love the story. I just love it. Thank you for letting us look at it tonight. Maybe you had some special thoughts. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I was going the the same direction that you were going. The the thing that initially um, I thought about <clears throat> was the uh, was was the fact that Peter is one of the ones that are do, is doing this, um, you know. And and as you pointed out, not even two months prior, or around two months prior, he was um, he was. Uh, denying Christ and uh, with, you know, we, I, I think we, a lot of us um, probably um, identify with Peter, um, you know, he, Peter's definitely a man's man. He, he's quick to speak, um, doesn't really measure his words, um, just kind of says what's on his heart or what's on his mind. And um, I definitely, you know, can appreciate that. I, 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 I'm very familiar with the taste of my foot from putting my, foot in my own mouth uh, many times but um you know the 
the the as far as um you know the the man being killed um and and the possibility that the christ could could come through you know it reminds me that of of all the people or or makes me think of all the people during the that time because i mean although we have plenty of uh stories of christ healing um those that that you know came up to him in faith there there probably plenty that weren't healed by christ that that either you know got close and didn't have the opportunity or that you know that that had faith but but the you know it wasn't within the plan for for them to be healed and and that faith if you know for those people that were able to keep faith regardless of whether he healed their physical ailments or not um is amazing and uh you know the the it reminds me of luke 5 um where jesus says uh why do you question in your hearts which is easier to say your sins are uh, your sins are forgiven you um, or to say, rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And so, uh, this you know, the the Jesus came to 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 heal the world, but he didn't. He came to heal the world of of the, the ultimate problem that we have, and that's sin. Right? We're we're born into a broken world. All of us are given the chance. Um, or the opportunity to, to live it, you know, sinlessly where none of us can live up to that standard. But, um, but you know, that's why we need Jesus. That's, 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 that's the answer to that problem. That's, you know, why, why we're given that. And, and that the story that's more miraculous than, than the man that, that, you know, that was lame from the time that he was born until the time that Peter and, um, John told him to walk or to get up is that, that that man had faith and that man listened to, to the people that were talking to him at the time. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but if, if I was able to walk for the first time and forever, um, because somebody, you know, who believed in something told me, um, to get up and walk and I was able to walk, I'd be listening to them. And at the end of the day, I'd probably believe in what, whatever they believed in, um, seeing that. So, you know, the, his, his, his sins were forgiven at, at, you know, at, at the point of faith. So, and believing. So I, I think that that's, you know, regardless of what, what your physical ailments are, there's, there's something that's much worse than, you know, any terminal disease that, that you can, that you can think of or, or that exists on earth that, and that's, that's the ultimate term, uh, terminal disease that we all, um, fall victim to and, and all, um, you know, have, and that's, that's the sin problem. And, and the only cure is the great physician, which is Jesus. Amen. Hey, I got a question. Um, Dad, I'm hoping you have the reference because I'm, I'm looking for it now. I can't find it, but <clears throat> where's the reference about Christ entering through the uh, Eastern Gate, the, the Messiah on his return? Oh, where, where is the reference to him yeah, the, coming to the Eastern Gate? The biblical reference because so, you know the Eastern he, Gate is blocked, right? Right. That when he will come there. No, I it doesn't come to my mind. Looks so, like Zechariah 14 4. 
I just read that while you were talking, Josh. I, I can't find it there. Hmm. So it, it may be, and it maybe I've not understanding what I'm reading, but <clears throat> if you haven't read Zechariah 14, that's fascinating read. Uh, it actually talks about how the city of Jerusalem will levitate because uh, Jesus will touch Mount of Olives and a mountain mm-hmm. will be split. And how that uh, uh, a river will flow out of Jerusalem, out of Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah will be split, but Jerusalem will will not fall. It will remain where it is. <clears throat> so it sounds like it's levitating above a split mountain with a with a river flowing out of the mountain. But but doing a little homework here. Reason I ask: Do you do you know where this uh, the the habit? So it, I I found some things interesting. So this corrected a, a misunderstanding of mine. On the southern side of the Temple Mountain, there are two gates, and along those two gates, uh, archaeologists have discovered mikvah baths. And I, in in prior to today, I would have told you that when we were there, we were told that everyone coming up to the temple would uh, would enter through the southern double gates. And uh, what I think those are called the, the gates of Deborah, or one of them's the Deborah gate. Does that make sense? Do you recall that, Dad? Oh, I just a southern part entrance. We sat on those steps, you know, and heard them. Yep. A lesson. And I, I think it I think it was Jimmy. Jimmy yeah, Dion, it who was. took us there. It was. <clears throat> so, uh, um, but my memory, it, it was uh, apparently in, inaccurate because uh, as I'm reading this in Acts chapter 3, it looks like Peter and John are entering the Temple Mount through the beautiful gate. So when you do your homework, they're coming through a gate which is in the southeast corner of the uh, Temple Mount. And that is the Eastern Gate. It's also referred to as the Golden Gate. Uh, the Golden Gate is the gate that's currently blocked up on the on the uh, wall of the old city of Jerusalem going to the mound. Uh, so that gate has been blocked by a previous uh, ruler with the intent of preventing the Messiah from entering through that gate. So uh, it's interesting that this beggar, according to what I'm reading here, they said they laid, he was laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate. And he was there to ask alms of those entering the temple. So that beggar was placed at that gate every day. So can't help but wonder, was that beggar waiting for the Messiah to come through that gate? hoping and expecting the Messiah would come to the Temple Mount through that gate, as had been prophesied. And then that day when the Messiah comes through, then that day he could be healed. The um, Ezekiel 46 says this. It says, thus, <laughs> thus says the Lord, the gate of the inner court that faces thee shall be shut on the six working days, but on the Sabbath day it shall be open, and on that day new moon 
Uh, on the day of the new moon, it shall be open. The prince shall enter by the vestibule of the gate from outside and shall take his stand by the post of the gate. The priest shall offer his burnt offerings and his peace offerings and shall worship at the threshold of the gate. Then, sh then he shall go out, but the gate shall not be shut until the evening. The people of the land shall bow down at the entrance of the gate before the Lord of Sabbaths and on the new moons, the burnt offering or that the prince offers to the Lord on the Sabbath um, without blemish and the ram without blemish and the grain offering with the ram shall be an ephath and the grain offering with the lamb shall be as much as he is able together with a hen of oil to each ephath. Um, it goes on to talk about the prince and and the priest again, but um, it says when the prince enters, he shall enter by the vestibule of the gate and he shall go out by the same way. Is this prince the 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 the, um, the um, you know, refer referring to the Messiah? As the prince, I I can't tell you that in any thought. Ezekiel, what was that, Josh? Ezekiel, Ezekiel 46. 46. Yeah, the first part of Ezekiel 46. Let's see what Got Questions has to say. Josh, you, you've already given me another element to this story. So we, we know what day of the week it was. Yeah, it was Shabbat. Yeah, it, it would be the Sabbath. So it's it's Saturday. Friday uh, night because, to Saturday evening, yeah. Well, we know we know that it's 3 p.m. at or about 3 p.m. in the afternoon local time because it's in the ninth, ninth hour. hour. And then um, that's about nine hours after sunrise. So <clears throat> um, and a man lame from his birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. So being carried, <clears throat> was he carried daily or was he being carried at the time when he saw Paul and John? Don't know. I think I'm thinking he was laid daily. Right. But the, the act of carrying him. So, were they, you know, it's it's in the afternoon. This is, you know, it's late afternoon. It's three o'clock. Things are probably winding down. And um, he's being carried. Are they starting to carry him home? He's 40-something years. He's 40 years old. Uh, if, if he's a average-sized person, what is he? Jewish people, five, six, five, 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 six. And, yeah, yeah probably. Know, 150 pounds or plus. Yeah, average. He's a, he's a big guy. Average size changes from time to time, but carry they, him like they did. The you know you remember we talked about a person being carried on by four yep. let down from the roof before. Up, that's up in Capernaum. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so uh, Zebedee's house. But I, I would my thoughts were he's there every day for a livelihood. Yeah. Whether people. So that's even his work day. Just, just yeah, you know, I, I would think so. I think okay. so. So he's there to to beg for alms, so that he can uh, get some money to take care of his needs, because he's unable to to perform labor. 
So he's uh, asking for charity as people go by. And he's at the beautiful gate. Um, asking for alms as people enter the temple. And Peter and John were about to go into the temple. So this is interesting. He actually catches them on the outside of the temple, not not at the temple. They're about to go into the temple. They're outside the gate. And he asks them, because, you know, my my vision of this has always been there's a beggar sitting on the ground at the at the gate. And then he's, you know, panhandling, shaking, shaking a cup or something and begging as they're walking by. But as I'm reading this, a little different. Looks like people are carrying him away. And then he sees him goes, whoa, 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 wait, hang on. Let me talk to those two. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was being carried there or from the but the scripture yeah. says that a man being lame from birth was being carried, um, whom laid to who laid him or who laid daily at the gate of the temple that was called Beautiful Gate. Right. So but I mean that's very perceptive that it could have been that. That you know, it definitely paints different or it definitely paints a the not a yes. different narrative, but it, it paints this the scene is a little different. Right. You know, because I again my whenever I've heard this story in the past, my vision, the, the mental image that I have is a man, cripple, can't walk. And he uh He's just laying there, not moving, <clears throat> and begging for people to go by. And just so happens, John and Peter, Peter walked by, and uh, he asks them as well as all the others he had asked. But when I read this now, I feel like my interpretation of what I'm reading, it, it appears that someone was taking him away because they were about to go into the gate beautiful. He stops them before they go in, and he's already at the gate, typically during the day. And it's interesting. He's already looking at Peter and John, and then Peter's response is, look at us. It's like, I'm already looking at you. He fixes tension on them, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, but see, he took him by the right hand and raised him up. So at this point, he's he's uh, lower than Peter. Peter's standing above him. And uh, he was leaping up. He stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. Well, there, there's a story. He's spending every day of his life outside the gate, not ever really going into the temple. And it was after he was able to walk that he was leaping and walking, and he entered the temple. So after God gave him the healing and through Peter and John, and he began to praise God, and he used this newfound gift of the ability to walk, to leap, walk, and praise God, and go to the temple. 
So when God's healed you, what do you what do you do with it? And from history, we know that people immediately start worshiping. Well, some do. You remember the remember the lepers? The, there were ten lepers that got healed by Jesus. Only one of them returned. Yeah, he was with them the next day. Yeah, yep. They had been taken into custody, uh, Peter and 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 uh, John, and they had been detained. And then they brought before the authorities the next day, and uh, they were, "What are we going to do with these people?" Yeah. And uh, and then the man was there. And they saw him and that, how can we dispute this? Uh, they knew him. They knew this man who sat at the temple gate all the time. And not only them, but hundreds, if not thousands of others who passed by, they knew him. And we don't know his name, but they pray, they probably knew this man by name. Yeah, and, and verse 9 and 10 says that they recognized him as the person who uh, sat at the gate at the beautiful gate and asked for alms. So, mm-hmm. and then what I love there is second half of verse 10 says, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to it. You, you know, what's interesting. <clears throat> I can think of a few different uh, individuals in my life that I've watched when Jesus gets a hold of their life, you find yourself going, wow, that, that seemed real. Cause that's a change. You can observe what has happened with that person. And you, you know, you, you're not, uh, you, you can't help, I guess at, at times, but just put a, uh, put a stamp on their, their acceptance of Christ because you see the change. You see evidence of Christ in their life because they're so different than what they used to be. So, and then at that point, you know, it's, if you're in the right mind, if, if you're thinking the right way, you're going to give God the glory for those things. It, what what prompted Peter to stop and ask him to look on us? What was it different about Peter from the day before uh, that caused him? It's just this one initial person. And uh, it, it had to be something in him uh, that, uh, because later on, we, we we can read about, he didn't want any glory for that. He didn't want recognition. It wasn't him. It was God. Give God the praise. It must, so, must have been the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. You know. but. And this, let me, another thing, this is, I guess, after the day of Pentecost, after his message to the people that he preached, emboldened by the Holy Spirit, this is the first recorded at least, of Peter doing something like this. And so it was very, in my, what I read, what Luke has written down, it was not long after, you know, the day of Pentecost. And so uh, I, I heard the story, and, and I, st- I believe in miracles. I still believe in miracles. I believe that people get miracles all the time. Sometimes we fail to recognize them. But I heard the story of a preacher, uh, <clears throat> and uh, I, he was a pastor of a church, and he said uh, coming down the aisle was uh, at the toward the end of the service during the invitation. There was uh, two ladies pushing a wheelchair with a man in it, 
And his uh, story is that God impressed upon him, the preacher, uh, that I want this man to be healed today. I want him to be able to walk. And so he, like Peter, in the story that we read here in the book of Acts, and the man got up and walked and and uh, and said, uh, after as old said, the, the women who were with the man were ecstatic. Same thing that we read here about people who saw this happen. And said uh, they were overjoyed. And, and later on told the pastor, we didn't bring him down here for a miracle. We just came to the invitation. We came because he's got a cold. And we wanted somebody to pray for him because he's got a cold. So they said the next time they had service, there's several wheelchairs came down the aisle. And the son is helping the pastor. And he said, Dad, what you did the last time we were together, are you going to repeat that again? And the father said, are you kidding me? He said, I don't do those kind of things. He said, I only did it that time because I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit of God to do what was done. And he said, it wasn't me. It was God. He said, no, not on your life. I'm not going to try. These people who come tonight in the, with the wheelchairs, no, I can't do what I did before because that was not me. That was God. And so I think Peter was impressed to do what he did. And I think with Luke writing, being the physician that he was, he may have even interviewed this man. He may have even come to ask him, what happened to you? And now he's written it down for us to, because somebody has said there in the verse number seven, where he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Luke was a doctor. He understood that the man who was receiving the heat, that he had to have some strength in those ankle bones. He had to have some strength in that feet. And so he writes it down as a miracle that God did. And what a blessing it is. So I, I just, you know, I just have you from time to time. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier people that are on the corner of a street asking for help. I didn't mean to imply that I never helped anybody, but I have. But it's been those kind of times when you just don't know where the you you just don't know where the impression comes from other than the Holy Spirit that those people really sincerely need help. And uh, you you give it in the name of the Lord. It says, Peter, they said, we don't have any gold. We don't have any silver. But what I do have, I'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ. And so I think I'm not Peter and I'm John. But I know in my own life, there's been times I I felt some impression to do something for the Lord that I can't give any credit to other than the Holy Spirit encouraged me to speak to that person, to give to that person to go visit that person, to pray with that person. I, I don't know. All of that is up to the Lord. We do. We we let our light shine before men so God the Father can get all the praise and glory. I love the story. I love talking about it. That's a very good story. 
so uh, that that prompting the Holy Spirit, you know, it was so that God God got glorified, <clears throat> not only in the man's life individually, but everyone around him saw that. Um, you mentioned that earlier, you know, people standing outside the Walmart, et cetera. There, there, there's a place in Tampa that I used to go often with uh, some buddies. Um, we'd go watch movies in a in an area of town called Ybor City. There's a movie theater there. Good old parking, Yeah, we would mark. We would uh, park in the parking garage, walk up to the movie theater, watch a movie together, and go back to the parking garage. And, and uh, often near the parking garage, there were people sitting out, you know, uh, begging, uh, looking for money, and asking for money. So it was un- it wasn't uncommon, and. Uh, I would often say no. And every once in a while I used to use jokes say God has a sense of humor because uh I've I'd actually walk past people and then I just felt like almost feel almost like somebody's poking me in the chest. And it was like go back. And fine. I'd I would begrudgingly, reluctantly go back. And God's sense of humor is every time I'd open my wallet when that happened, the smallest thing in my wallet was a $20 bill. Now, now granted, granted, uh, I often have plenty, plenty of things smaller than $20 bill. I looked in my wallet yesterday and I had a five and two ones, not a 20 to be, be seen. So it's, uh, it's not a common thing for me to have a bunch of 20s in there. But it was funny because God's like, I really felt impressed. God saying, give them something. And there's a 20. And that's the smallest denomination I got. So they got a 20. But um, <laughs> there was one time. There was one time that um, I'm actually approaching this guy. I hadn't passed him yet. And uh, I actually knew what I had in my wallet. I had one $20 bill. And I saw the fella as I'm approaching him. And I'm thinking, Please, God, don't ask him, me to give him a 20. I still got to pay for my parking to get in a parking garage. And uh, lo and behold, felt, felt really impressed, not only to, to give him some money, but to sit and chat with him for a minute. And then uh, I, you know, gave him some money and I said, do you mind if I sit beside you for a minute? He said, sure. I sat down and I was waiting because I'm like, okay, God, Tell me, tell me what to say. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and listen. You talk to me. You get me do what you want, and then, um, then, I'm done. And I, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to figure out how to get the car out of Hawk. So uh, I sit there for a few minutes in awkward silence next to this guy. Didn't even say anything. I'm like, this does not make sense. So. In my mind, I'm praying, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Nothing. Okay, this is just weird. So, okay. A few minutes had gone by and I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. So I started to get up and then I felt like, you know, I, I needed to pray for this guy. So I I, I said, I, I'm, on, I'm on a knee. So this is a long time ago when I could actually get on a knee 
and get up from a seated position on the ground. That's not a miracle that's in my life today. But um, as I start to get up, I'm on one knee and I looked at the guy. And I said, do you, do you mind if I pray for you? And he goes, yeah, sure. He kind of shrugged his shoulders nonchalantly. And I said, okay, cool. I said, uh, the, the, one of the most stupid questions I could ask. I said, so uh, what do you want me to pray for? He just kind of held his hands out and looked around like, is it not obvious? And I went, yeah, okay, yeah, stupid question, sorry. And uh, so I put my hand on his shoulder. And I began to pray for that guy. And I had my eyes closed, had my hand on his shoulder. I'm beside him praying. Next thing you know, I somehow moved in front of him. And now I've got both hands. I've got one hand on one shoulder, another hand on our shoulder. And he's in front of me while I'm praying. And I'm just praying for him. And as I continue to pray, I grab this guy and I pull him into my fat chest. And then I'm probably suffocating him. And then pull him into, into my chest. And then I start taking my hands and I wrap them around behind him. And I'm grabbing the back of his shirt while I'm pulling him into my chest. And I'm praying. And this, is, this isn't like me, folks. If I wish you knew me because I've never done this since. I've never done it before. But as I'm praying for this guy, I'm holding him, clutching him. And then I can feel him begin to tremble. And then I begin to hear him weep as I'm holding him and just praying over him. And then finally, I get to the end of where I feel like I'm finished praying and I say, amen, and I'm still holding on to this fella. And I just slowly let go of him. And then I kind of back up from him, look at him. And and he's just, he's just, you know, tears and snot everywhere. And he's just weeping. And I said, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. I said, I've, I've never done that before. He looked at me through these tears. He's wiping tears off of his eyes. He said, uh, he said, do you know how long it's been since anybody hugged me? He said, do you know how long it's been since anybody touched me? He said, thank you for what you just did. I looked at him, I smiled, put my hand on his shoulder again. I said, just want you to know, God's not forgotten you. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. You think you're sitting out here on this street by yourself. You're not. I said, I want to tell you something. I come through here every week or two, and I said, I want you to know, I don't want to see you when I come back because I'm expecting God to do something great in your life. He's going to take care of you. He's going to show you how much he loves you, and how great he is. I said, I just ask that you trust him. So who knows? Who knows what seed we plant? Who knows how God's going to use us if, if we'll just listen and obey? Trust and obey. That's awesome, son. Thank you for sharing that. That's a blessing. When you pray tonight, pray for me. <clears throat> I'm on. I, I know I'll be teaching Wednesday night, but I'm gonna try to be back in the pulpit on Sunday. Everybody, everybody has seen me. They know what to expect, and I can still talk. 
So I guess the Lord expects me to still preach. So you're you're going to preach? Yeah, the one side Eddie, of my mouth. You want us to pray for you, so we need to be praying for the people who are listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> this, I don't want to cut any jokes <laughs> that have caused me to laugh. You know, you know who Faye is at church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She she uh, tried to get the deacon to contact everybody and have them all to wear a patch this past <laughs> Sunday. Does she, she wears a patch, doesn't she? No, she's she can't see. She she oh, she's just about blind. Yeah. But she wanted to humor me. That's good. I love you guys. I, whatever you can pray. Absolutely. Um, Dad, you want to go and pray? Sure. Father, thank you for your grace. Father, uh, I, I just praise you for who you are. Father, you've, you've gotten the glory from the man that was healed by through uh, John and Peter's obedience, Father. You've... Uh, You've got the glory through what people saw in his life. Father, people saw and knew who he was before he was healed, and they saw who he was after he was healed. Father, I just ask that you do the same in our lives, that you get the glory through our lives. Father, you allow people who knew us before Christ came into our life, before we were healed of our sin for them to see the difference, Father, and for you to get the glory from those, those things that are different from that change. Father, we ask that we uh, walk, that we leap, that we praise you, and that people see those things, and re that you receive the glory for those things. Father, we just, uh, we, we praise you for not just who you are, but Father, but what you're doing in our lives, Father. Dad's uh, afflicted right now with Bell's palsy, but you know that. You, uh, you're absolutely in control, and Father, through this affliction in his life, we ask that you get the glory. Father, and if it be your will to heal him, we ask that you do so. But Father, we just ask that you use him. Uh, use this part of his life like you do every other part of his life father just uh, get the glory in that father we just uh praise you for the time that we have together as family we thank you for the opportunity to uh, spend time together discuss your word father thank you for teaching us and showing us things father i just ask that you uh, continue to be in our lives father help us to be mighty men of valor Father, use us uh, in the way that you'd have us to be used. Guide our lives. We ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you're enjoying the Thanks to Calvary podcast, make sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thanks to Calvary. If you would like to reach out to us for prayer requests, ideas for future episodes, or just to say hi, message us on Facebook. Or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash thanks to Calvary slash message. Or email us at thanks to Calvary podcast at gmail.com. 